Welcome back to Women Who Kill. Guest today, very funny comedian, Fizza Dasani. Hey, I'm Fizza Dasani. That's Fizza with two A's. Yeah, one Z and two A's. If you want to look her up. Z-A-A. So. It's not Fizza, though. No? Yeah, one of the A's is silent. Oh. I don't know which one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, a puppy just jumped on my lap. Oh, yeah, she does that. Peggy is on my lap. I am rubbing her belly. Uh-huh. Her belly. Five minutes ago, she she was not too sure about things. And oh, now she didn't know me. Yeah. She's just sniffing. I'm getting little licks. Little kisses. We're getting besos. Besos. <laughs> You're giving me besos. <laughs> so, Mickey's being a big baby. Speaking of big babies, we're going to be talking about Amelia Dyer. That's D-Y-E-R who is uh, known as the, the reading baby farmer. The reading baby farmer, yeah. When she was, uh, when she was a child, she loved to read. She was uh-huh. very into literature and poetry because she actually came from a sort of privileged background. Uh-huh. She was born in Bristol. Bristol, yeah. So she was in England, and her father was, the, was like what, a master shoemaker. Uh-huh. Is that what they called the profession? <laughs> uh-huh. She was the youngest of five children. Five kids, yeah. Five kids, yeah. And uh, two of her sisters died when she was five. Her older sister died. And then when she was nine, her younger sister died. So then it was... Uh, oh, she had a younger sister. So mm-hmm. she's not the youngest then. Mm, well, by default, she became the youngest oh, sister. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well... Um, <laughs> Eventually, she was the youngest. Yeah. But that left her with um, her two older brothers, just her and her two older brothers. Yeah, who she actually became estranged with at some point. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, because she was a psychopath. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that, yeah. right? Amelia was really into, yeah, she was really into lit and poetry. So I guess just to clarify the era, this is Victorian England. Right. She, she was born in 1838. When people still had uh, things like typhus. Yeah, so she was, she was born privileged and had a pretty, you know, seemed like she had a pretty happy childhood until her mom got typhus. And then, well, they say because of the typhus, she started having hallucinations and developed mental illness. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, for a large part of Amelia's childhood, she was caring for her mom who had violent fits. And actually, I think her mom died while she was stark raving mad and when Amelia was about 10. Uh-huh. So she was, like, foaming at the mouth and all that fun stuff. I don't, I don't know what the details were. I'm just assuming that's what raving means. Yeah, but I'm sure, I'm sure there were, you know, it was uh-huh. very eventful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was a memorable death. So- yeah, man, that's, that's a... Ooh, that's trauma, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so then she moved out. She moves in with uh, an aunt. And her aunt um, takes care of her for a little while until she gets her first job. And uh, she becomes uh, an apprentice to a corset maker. Mm, yeah. And then she gets married. She actually marries a guy that's much older than her. I think he is uh, like 35 years his senior. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, actually was unusual then for someone to be that much older. Even though people got married when they were like, they're like, it's okay for you to get married when you're 15, but... Well, yeah, that's why I'm wondering why, you know, what this 
social um, norm was because they changed their dates on the birth certificate, their birthdays, to uh-huh. make them seem closer. On the marriage age. certificate. Yeah. So yeah. I think a 35-year difference, he made himself 11 years younger, she made herself six years older. Uh-huh. So, you know, sort of kind of closer to the middle. I don't know. It's so funny. Like, they were like, you can marry a kid, <laughs> but... Like you can't be old enough to be your grandpa. You can be old enough to be your dad. That's fine. Yeah. But not the grandpa. So she got that job. She got married. They actually had um, one kid together. I thought they had two. Or did she have another baby daddy? She had it. She had two marriages. Ah, yes. Yeah. But this guy. Um, George Thomas. Uh, George Thomas died in 1869. Yeah. So just a let's see when they got married, she was in her twenties. So they'd been married for a few years after they had the kid. She, he yeah. died, and then actually while they were married, she trained to be a nurse, mm-hmm. which is known to have been like a really grueling profession, but mm-hmm. also very respectable. Right. So I think you know that was very helpful to have that uh, that education for you know her future career. Uh huh. Of, of baby farming and <laughs> and eventually well worse it was such a demanding job she wasn't able to raise the kid and work at the same time uh-huh. but now she doesn't have a husband uh-huh. and she's estranged from both of her brothers right. who've inherited the wealth of the family so she has to support herself mm-hmm. so she becomes this is we've said this a few times but you're like what does this mean a baby farmer okay so in Victorian uh, times, uh, it was super, super uh, taboo to be a, a single mom or to be a mom who you didn't know who their dad was. Yeah. So uh, single women or actually coupled women who were well off would place ads in newspapers that said, hey, uh, these are my qualifications. This is what my home is like. Who's got a bastard kid they want to sell to me and I'll take care of it and I'll raise it as my own. Yeah. So there was a huge market of uh, single mothers selling their kids for a one-time fee to well-off women who promised to take care of them. Well, actually, you know, I don't think they were selling the kids. I think they were... They had to pay a fee. Right. It was sort of like a Fostering. sort of like child support kind of a yeah, like yeah. a foster fee, but adoption fee. But everyone knew that it was kind of like you're selling your baby. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least the people You're paying someone to take your baby. Right. Yeah. And you don't know what they're gonna do with, with the money. Even people still do this now. It was just I think it was really hard for like for a lot of these women because of the stigma, they were unable to get jobs mm-hmm. and they didn't have the resources or support. I think around the same time, um, a law was repealed where the, the fathers had no financial obligation to support, you know, these mothers. Mm-hmm. So there was no such thing as child support, and, and that was dictated by law. Yeah, well, yeah, they, they actually, I think there was um, a legal obligation at one point, and it was repealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, so. a, in 1834, there was something called the Poor Law Amendment Act. That basically um, relieved illegitimate dads of their obligation to take care of their kids. Yeah. And so baby farming just became like a, I mean, in a way, it became a booming industry. Uh Uh-huh. 
it was also sort of it's an unregulated industry. Mm-hmm. There were, you know, there were a lot of deaths, mm-hmm. a lot of deaths in the industry. And when um, accidental and non-accidental. Yeah. Well, also keep in mind a quicker turnover. It's, you know, it, it, it make it, you save money. Yeah. We're talking about business. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. So it's, you know, it, when they're, you know, I feel like a corporation right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was like, you know, if you don't have the baby, you don't have to comp- continue supporting the baby and there's no regulation. So you, they can pocket the money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think most people, if the baby w- was to pass, it would be through neglect. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes I think this still happens. There are people because it is so much easier to foster a kid than it is to adopt a kid. Yeah. And even today you find people going to jail because like the authorities finally discovered that they have like five or six foster kids who they're all abusing because they're getting paid by the state to take care of these kids. Yeah. What was also really popular at the time was, uh, people would give babies Opiates. Uh, yeah, like a cough syrup, like lean. People were giving babies ah! lean, basically, <laughs> to to shut them up because they were hungry or they were they were upset or they were uh, traumatized in one way or another. And babies were overdosing on lean, which they called mother's friend, by the way, back then. It had opium in it instead oh, of codeine, yeah. uh, which codeine is an opiate. So maybe maybe it was literally lean. And babies were just like overdosing left and right, which was well, like a... a a blessing in disguise to these people also in over you know it wasn't just overdosing a lot of these babies were given um given opiates or alcohol so to suppress their appetite Uh so they'd eventually starve to death Mm -hmm. so you know they wouldn't cry because they were hungry so this was another way to clear inventory so to speak Mm -hmm. Um, so it was a very unregulated industry and a lot of the women who gave their babies up didn't really have many options Mm -hmm. and i'm sure most of them wanted to you know their baby to end up in a safe place where it could you know have the best life they Mm -hmm. could it could have but it also wasn't always poor women um, who were doing this it was also um let's say a couple who had a great life had a baby and they didn't want anyone to know about it because this baby would would kind of take over yeah. Um, them being able to, so you just, know, be the Gatsby's, you know what I mean? Wrong, okay, wrong, so wrong like, decade, but you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> uh, who they, they didn't want to change their lifestyle because of this baby. So yeah. they would keep it a secret, have the baby and then get rid of the baby and then continue having their great, uh, jet setting lives. Yeah. As single what they adults were, together. They were just hitting it raw, huh? Uh-huh. Just didn't want to just pull out, dude. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, they weren't even taking baths, though. So I'm sure they didn't. Even rich people weren't taking baths, so I'm sure they didn't know. Especially rich that people weren't doing pull out thing. But yeah, like so, it's just like you you don't pull out. You have a kid now. There's this whole life, and let's say you know Amelia Dyer put she got into the baby farming business. Uh-huh. It made sense for her. She was drawn to it, and her ads, you know, made her seem like she was a wholesome. You know, woman with nursing experience, married, uh-huh. had kids of her own. So, you know, how would, you know, like most people you wouldn't assume are psychopaths. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how I don't live my life that way. I assume everyone is a psychopath <laughs> until they prove me wrong. But most people assume that uh, people are good and kind and, and just. 
and uh, babies started dying on her watch. And what she would do is she would call the coroner and uh, like distraught and crying and and shocked and just grief stricken. And uh, this would this went on over and over again, uh-huh. like. She's just like, oh, she's just so sad. Just all these babies. And it's, it will also going back to like that mother's friend um, opiate cocktail. Uh-huh. Oftentimes, like when these babies died from starvation, the coroner, and there, you know, there were coroners at the time would examine the bodies um, after they died. Uh-huh. And it would seem more like a, a natural death, like a lack of mother's milk, I think was a lot of times what they, you know. Uh-huh. Or even like a like, um, cause of death was. Or even almost like a separation anxiety kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, could be. It wasn't looked at as murder. Right. Or they weren't able to detect it as murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually enough babies died um, that a doctor, uh, one of the doctors who she had. Uh, because when, when a baby died and you reported it to the coroner, then yeah. a doctor would have to come and write up a death certificate. Yeah. And, uh, I guess she, was, she wasn't smart enough to use different doctors or different doctors just weren't available all the time because you can just pick up a phone and call someone. So it was the same uh, doctor, uh-huh. and he was like, that's a lot of babies, right. you so, know? So he decided to report her uh, to authorities. Yeah. But she was sentenced to six months in a labor camp. Yeah, so she, that was all she, the times she really served for that crime mm-hmm. after like, all those, you know... How many babies at this point? Um, it's not. How it's not said. Just enough victims. to be suspicious. So I yeah. don't know how many. How many? How many dead babies? <laughs> is 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 enough dead babies to to be reported to the authorities, but not uh, well, ultimately be charged with manslaughter? At, by the, I think they estimate throughout her whole quote unquote career mm-hmm. of baby farming. I think four hundred. Uh, babies and children. Were That's a lot of babies. They were killed in her care. But we'll get to that because yeah. um, when she got out of jail uh, the first time, she went right back to it. Yeah, she she started placing more ads, um, using aliases. Yeah, well, yeah, because she, you know, she wanted to. She loved the baby farming business. It seemed like uh-huh. it was, and she seemed like and it's interesting because she didn't come. From a poor background. Uh-huh. So it's interesting how much of a, I mean, she had that hustle. Uh-huh. In her, it's like, She's very industrious. Yeah, like, you know, and and I think she, I mean, just the amount of kids she'd take on. Well, I mean, it makes sense because she'd clear, you know, clear space for them. But Amelia was, was not married to, to a man because she was a widow, but she yeah. was married to the game. <laughs> You know what she would do? Um, uh, uh, sometimes parents would, um, they would have regrets. They yeah. would feel bad about giving their baby up, and they would come back. And uh, more than once, uh, mom would come back to her and be like, hey, I, I, uh, I, gotta, I want my baby back. Yeah. And enough time will, had passed that even though she no longer had that baby, yeah. <laughs> she would just give them another baby. Yeah. Yeah, that was... What was it, a boy? How old? Oh, yeah, this is, this is definitely yours. <laughs> Didn't she get caught a couple times or almost? I think she almost got caught many times. So occasionally she'd go to asylums 
and she um, learned how to behave from her mom when her mom had those episodes from typhus. And then also she was a practicing nurse at one point. So she was familiar, I think, with some patient's behavior. So some say maybe she did sort of lose her mind mm -hmm. in a way, but some say she had her wits about her and that was just a way for her to sort of live in the shadows mm -hmm. when she didn't want to, you know, the heat to be on her. And she also did try to kill herself once on record, who knows how many times actually. After an arrest, I believe. It mm -hmm. was to, um, after one of, how many times was she arrested? I don't know, probably three, four, five. But apparently she, which makes sense, was also addicted to opium. Yeah. And so her tolerance was so high that she <laughs> could try, quote unquote, try to kill herself with it, but, but never actually die. Yeah, her, yeah. She wasn't able to get enough to, to kill herself. Uh -huh. Might have killed, like, you know, your, you know, the girl next door, but... Uh -huh. But not Amelia Dyer. <laughs> no. no, she is. And uh, did she have, did she get access to opiates at, you know, during her nursing career? I wonder. I bet. Or I mean, I feel like asylum? it was, it was, le it was probably like, it, it was legal. So mm, yeah. everyone probably had it, but she was probably able to get higher quantities of it than the average person. Yeah. Uh, because she could say she needed it for patients or, you know, they didn't have the record keeping abilities that that we have now yeah so and she also had the knowledge to dose herself uh-huh so to you know like to self-medicate uh-huh it's um after the first time she got arrested um she decided she would stop calling the coroner every time a baby died and she just started getting rid of the babies herself yeah sometimes she'd store them in the house sometimes she'd dump them in a river uh-huh wrap them up in cloths and shit or i read in one source that she would hide them throughout town what is this easter eggs where are you just like stashing babies well also the deaths in the yeah wait, where are you stashing babies yeah. yeah but like also the deaths became more intentional they became it was less neglect and more murder mm -hmm. at a certain point she mm -hmm. was essentially strangling infants for sport uh -huh. she'd use uh, a white edging tape uh -huh. which at the time was um from her dressmaking or her corset making yeah from her corset making days i don't mean to laugh it's just like, it's funny it's it's fucked up but it's also kind of funny yeah i mean oh and then i sometimes she'd also slowly poison some uh -huh. she didn't want to kill them immediately uh -huh. so i i mean this woman Amelia seeming seemed to get pleasure from from murdering. Uh huh. She did it for thirty years. Over four hundred babies or children. That is so many babies. That's the estimated. I don't amount. even think I've killed that many spiders in my lifetime. Oh man, you kill spiders. I've I've killed. Oh, what do you, you you catch them? You take them outside? It depends. I don't like killing bugs, uh -huh. but like, you know, I, I kill a couple spiders a year. I mean, I will if I have. I mean, to. I don't do it gleefully. Because it's like also I kind of freak out like, you know, cat capturing it because I'm kind of freaked out by like, you know, physically touching them. But I respect them as creatures uh -huh. of the universe or whatever, mm. you know, conscious beings. Mm -hmm. It's but. very evolved of you. I don't, I don't know if I feel that way about all bugs. I feel that way about uh, vertebrates. Except for snakes. Fuck snakes. They could all die. I don't care. I Why hate don't them. you like snakes? I hate them. They're like demons. They don't have feet, but they walk. I don't. 
No, I don't. They can crawl up walls and climb trees without feet. Stop it. That's dope. That is satanic. That is like evolved. No, I don't like it. I don't trust it. I don't like their weird eyes and their stupid tongues. I have this one picture where I have like five snakes on me. Yeah, I mean, I don't like, you know, I, it's, I'm not very comfortable with snakes, but like, I, you know. They make my skin crawl. I try not to hate on other creatures. Also, I had a traumatic experience with a snake when I was a child. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah, I'll tell you about it later. I've talked about it on other podcasts and I'll probably talk about it on this one at some point. So I don't want to bore anyone with the story. But going back. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, so she killed 300 to 400 kids, uh, apparently. And uh, the way that she got caught was in 1896. This dude was uh, boating, boating down the Thames. The river. Uh-huh. And uh, pulled a carpet bag out, and inside found the body of a baby girl in wrapping paper. Yeah, and she made a fatal mistake because she left the address <laughs> on her parcel in which the baby was wrapped in. She fucking wrapped the baby in paper that came from a package that was mailed to her. Who does that? I'm not a, an expert at, at, at murder or I mean, cover look, up at any means, but. That was baby 400. So like she's, <laughs> you know, after a while, you know, you might slip. So she made that mistake where she left her name on the parcel and the investigators were actually were able to use, I think, some microscopic technology that they had to decipher the writing, even though it had been, you know, the parcel was submerged in the river for so long. Mm-hmm. They were able to link her there was a report. to the body, but, but yeah. they still couldn't prove that she was the one who did it for yeah. some reason. I mean, I guess anything could have happened. I guess someone I technically could have killed this baby and then grabbed the paper out of her trash can or something like that. So they had to have, like, concrete evidence that it was her evidence. who did it. Yeah. Um, so they had to, they set up sort of a sting operation. Yeah. Well, I think, and tell me if this is prior to the sting operation, mm-hmm. but there was the woman who wanted her baby back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier, she would switch it up. She'd give him a different baby because obviously she had killed the baby they gave her. Mm-hmm. And one baby she gave back was missing. It didn't have the a prominent birthmark. Mm-hmm. So the mom went to the police. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was before that even. Yeah. So I feel like there were there were several instances in which she should have been arrested but wasn't. Yeah, they weren't able to charge her aside from that one time for neglect mm-hmm. where she got hard six months hard labor. Mm-hmm. Doris Marmon was a pretty por- important uh, name in this, uh, this case. Uh, 1896. Yeah, Evelina Marmon, 25 years old, gives birth, birth to this baby, names it Doris. Who names a baby Doris? By the way, I feel like all Dorises are, are senior citizens like from the time they were born. But <laughs> she put an ad in the paper and the, the ad is answered by Amelia. Um, she basically couldn't take care of the kid and she wanted to offer a weekly payment. Yeah. She wanted to make sure that the kid was being well taken care of. She wanted a payment plan. Uh-huh. But Amelia insisted on a lump sum, mm-hmm. which was what she generally did. Mm-hmm. because. You know, she just wanted her money and then to, you know, move on to the next baby. Mm-hmm. 
an ongoing payment, you know, would mean that the mom could come and visit the kid that she might have already killed. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't going to work out for Amelia. I think Evelina was a little concerned because she expected Amelia to be younger, uh, considering what she had told her uh, in their communications together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was surprised when Amelia showed up and was uh, more advanced uh-huh. in age. Uh-huh. So I think that might have been part of the reason why she wanted to check back in on her baby more often. Yeah. To be like, this, something doesn't seem right. It was a red flag. Uh Because I think what she said in her ad um, was that she and her husband weren't able to have kids and she wanted a child. So it seemed like, I don't, you know, someone who would be in the childbearing age. And she was, she was, uh, yeah, she had an adult child at this point yeah she said she had a husband but the husband was nowhere to be found when she yeah she came to drop her kid off or whatever what happened next was she gave her baby up to amelia and amelia maybe wrote one letter and then she responded and never heard back and at this point this is when uh, amelia strangled the baby and is later said to have enjoyed watching the babies die in this particular manner. Yeah, that was, I think, her preferred way was strangulation with the white edging tape. So what happened with the sting operation, they, um, they had a young woman put an ad in a paper for a baby needing a home. And predictably and conveniently enough, uh, Amelia responds right away and is like, let's meet. She's a hustler. <laughs> <laughs> That hustle game is strong. (laughs) And uh, so she met with the woman, and uh, the woman was cops. So they searched her house, which was disgusting. Yeah, they said they couldn't find bodies, but it smelt like the bodies had had been in there. It smelled like deteriorating bodies. I bet there were babies, like, under the floorboards and stuff. I feel like they just didn't look for them. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? They were like, oh, this is gross. We don't see any babies. Let's get out of here. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. I mean, you know, like the pungent smell and you don't like look under the floorboards. <laughs> Always look under the floorboards. Come on. <laughs> That's like a criminal uh, TV 101. I mean, in their defense, they didn't really have TV. Oh, that's true. <laughs> they didn't have that precedent. Not in the, not in the traditional sense. <laughs> so, so they found a bunch of uh, dressmakers tape which was uh, just like the, the stuff that a bunch of babies that they had found all over town and in rivers and whatnot had been strangled with. Shitloads of telegrams, uh, newspaper advertisements, letters. Yeah, lots of evidence. Lots of letters from moms being like, hey, where's my, do you think I could maybe see my baby? And they, yeah, they got her. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I think initially her uh, son-in-law was, was charged as um as an accessory and maybe her daughter as well i think they were acquitted or discharged uh because she wrote a confession letter asking you know or claiming that she acted on her own and and they weren't aware Mm -hmm. although i know one of you know she had killed some babies at her daughter's house So I don't, you know, I don't know whether her daughter was involved or not. You know, oh, man, and maybe she just walked in, was like, "Oh, I'm gonna pretend I never saw this." <laughs> you know, but what do you do heard- if your mom is a baby killer? It's like, okay, if she's 
fine with killing babies. She's going to be fine with killing me. Come on. I mean, 400 times. Like, you're going you're gonna to see something, probably. Well, also, <laughs> she had a sibling. What uh-huh. happened to her sibling? Well, she... Uh, oh, you mean oh, her, think, her daughter's sibling? Yeah, because... You mean her second she, baby? Yeah, her second baby. Yeah, because she was married twice. Son. She had one baby with the old guy, and then she had two babies with her second husband, yeah. who she married a, a few years after he died. So... Did she baby farm one of her own children? Hmm. I heard on through one account It's not said did. what happened, so probably, huh? It's, I think it's a possibility. There's, I mean, that's the thing is. She kept the girl and got rid of the boy, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, because he's not even mentioned. It's, you know, but she's in touch with, you know, up until her death, she's in touch with her daughter and son-in-law, uh-huh. her daughter's husband. Uh-huh. You know, she, she hired someone far. to help her get rid of the baby's bodies. I mean, that's a lot of work. Do you know what this woman's name was? Who? Jane Smith. Jane Smith. Damn. Is that like the English version of Jane Doe? <laughs> so she was probably impossible to catch because they're like, well, I mean, three out of every five English women is named Jane Smith, so we're never going to find her. Jane Smith. Do you think that she was giving her her real name? I don't know. I mean, she I guess if you're a professional ID. baby killer helper outer, you're going to have an alias maybe? <laughs> she the, like, the, like the blandest alias. <laughs> You know, it, she was so she was, she was tried and uh, found guilty. Five minutes. Yeah, actually less, four and a half. Oh. The jury, <laughs> the jury came back in four and a half minutes, and it, it's interesting because she killed. They they estimate she killed over four hundred babies and children, but uh-huh. she was only tried and hanged for that one murder. But she admitted to six, right? Well, I think verbally. She admitted to a few, but then prior to her death, she had, I think, notebooks, or they call it sport books, where it says she detailed her, she wrote a detailed confession. Okay. And the priest, is it the priest who asked you if you have anything you want to confess? I think so. Yeah, so he Mm -hmm. asked her and she just gave him the books and she's like, isn't this enough? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. I, I, he was just—he was just asking to be polite. Somewhere, where in her confession, in one of her confessions, she talks about enjoying—you know—what like strangling the baby, the experience of strangling the baby, and you know, so they're, you know, the killing was—it was way beyond neglect. It was very intentional. And sold the baby's clothes, by the way. She pawned the baby's clothes. How much money was she making? pawning the clothes of dead babies i mean like they didn't have walmart and target so you know it's sometimes i never even thought about that i just yeah. assume when you if you kill a baby you, you kill the baby and then you just get rid of you don't need to take the clothes off a baby uh, an adult person I mean, you get rid the, of their clothes so it's it's less easy to identify them i guess right yeah. But don't all babies pretty much have the same clothes especially if it's like 1890 something like, no one's going to be like, oh, I know this baby by his shoes. You know what I mean? Like, Do you think it was an identification thing? Because I think... Or she, she just needed the extra money. She was just like, any bit of extra money I can get. Yeah, I think it was extra money. Plus, I think they kept some clothes. I mean, she's in the baby farming business, so uh-huh. it can't hurt to oh, have... Oh, yeah, she's recycling. Yeah, can't hurt to have something. <laughs> I mean, you know, they did... You know, I did read that she, she poisoned some kids gradually. Mm-hmm. Poisoned some babies gradually, so, I mean, you know, maybe... She, she at least put them in clothes. 
She also reused the tape that she used to strangle Doris. Yeah. To kill another baby. Oh, yeah, because she she uh, couldn't find more tapes. So she, I think she went back yeah. <laughs> to the original body oh, and God. got the tape and used uh-huh. it to strangle the other baby. Oh, that's so fucked up. So, so only three of uh, the victims were identified. And so that was Doris was the... The one that got her caught because her mom was was well known. Yeah. Um, and then Harry was the the kid that she strangled. Uh, she recycled Doris's strangulation materials. And then another baby <laughs> named uh, Helena Fry. Um, not sure how Helena was discovered, but um, those were the three that that were identifiable. Yeah. Within you know less than five minutes, the jury found her guilty mm-hmm. and. She was uh, sentenced sentenced to death by hanging. Mm-hmm. They killed her the same year. I think they actually the within weeks. There wasn't really like they don't have the delay here. Uh, June tenth, eighteen ninety six. So I think this became this became a pretty uh, notorious case, and adoption laws were made stronger uh-huh. after. But you know, trafficking and child abuse hadn't stopped. And I don't know if this has been proven, uh-huh. but a baby was found cold and damp in a box. Uh, this is after Amelia had died. Okay. And they traced it back to her daughter's place. Okay. Who they say started baby farming also. Oh. So this baby was alive when they found the baby, but, you know, obviously it, it left. Oh, when you said cold and damp, I thought the baby was dead. I know. The baby they found, um, this baby that they found was alive, and they, I believe they traced it back to Polly. Okay. Who is Amelia's daughter. Mm-hmm. There are also rumors that have not been proven, but there are very strong connections, multiple connections, that Amelia was actually Jack, Jack the, the Ripper. Ripper. <laughs> What? That's wild. Yeah, they weren't able to prove it, but like Jack the Ripper um, targeted prostitutes uh-huh. and pregnant ones yeah. often. So that's the theory: is that she, as a nurse, would be, they'd come to her for abortions, and she'd give them, she'd abort them. <laughs> she'd abort everybody. <laughs> she'd know when to stop. The abortion <laughs> didn't stop at the baby. If you know. If if she was Jack the Ripper, mm-hmm. yeah, there's still no proof, but that is but a, she was, a twisted tale. She was not incarcerated at the time of those murders, and they kind of happened in the same areas. And also, there is an eyewitness report that a woman was seen walking away from the scene of one of the murders wearing the clothes of the victim. and. Clothes that did not belong to the victim were found burning in the victim's fireplace. And at another scene, women's boot buttons were found at the scene of the murder when the victim herself only wore and owned lace-up boots. So there is a lot of evidence of Jack the Ripper being a female killer. Wow. And it would make sense that... Let's just... The killer was someone the- who was knowledgeable about um, not only women's anatomy, but like uh, surgery. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of the, uh, the injuries were very surgical in yeah. nature. 
Um, and then, you know, you'd think, oh, this is an old woman. How is she going to be able to, you know, overpower a younger, you know, person? But these women are vulnerable mm-hmm. if she has them on the cutting table. Yeah. And she used deceit. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. They, you know, yeah. So they were very vulnerable. It, that's, it, you know, the thing with these, with psychopaths is, you know, these moms were meeting her and thinking she's just, you know, like a, a nanny type mm-hmm. figure. And it's just, you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Although, having seen that picture, I, you know. I wouldn't trust her with a knife. If that was what she looked like, <laughs> I don't think I'd be leaving my kid there. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, I, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty or whatever. Right. And then, uh, and now even in the back of your mind, you want to be like, oh, this bitch looks crazy. But yeah. then you have the other side of you that's like, oh, don't be so judgmental. You can't judge a book by its cover. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's one specific photo I'm talking about, and I feel like, you know, the articles are using it for dramatic effect. Oh, yeah. this one. Yeah, see that first one? Oh. So look at that lighting. It just, it looks like it's meant to be ominous. I'm going to post this on the Instagram. Yeah, that picture. So that, that's the picture that's on Wikipedia as uh-huh. well. And so I was watching some YouTube videos about Amelia, and some of them just had that picture on the uh-huh. entire time. And oh, it's I, terrifying. Yeah, it, it, isn't it? She's looking right into your soul. So like the what pictures you showed me before look like mug shots. This uh-huh. looks like a haunted ghost. Uh-huh. Oh, also, you know, some some people believed that she may have she had an opiate and alcohol problem, and mm-hmm. that could have contributed to her mental illness. Mm-hmm. But I suspect, you know, she had an opiate and a drug problem and a problem killing babies. <laughs> <laughs> the baby killing problem yeah. was completely separate from her. Her uh, chemical dependencies. Yeah, I mean, and I think it all ties together, but I think she, you know, I, I think she had a lot going on. Uh-huh. A lot of demons to yeah. manage. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's interesting, because she did grow up, like, very, she did grow up very privileged, initially. Uh-huh. Initially, I think, you know, after her mom got sick, she was the youngest. She had to be the caretaker for her mom. Mm-hmm. Until her mom passed away when she was 10 years old. But like a lot of murderers, um, she, she, like, a, unlike a lot of murderers, yeah. she wasn't abused as a child that we know of. Well, I think if her mom had violent fits, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that, you know, it wasn't intentional abuse, right. but it's still trauma. Mm-hmm. That's still a very traumatic thing for a young child to True. experience, mm-hmm. especially if, you know, you had a mom and then suddenly she changed mm-hmm. that's very destabilizing mm-hmm. so um yeah she had a lot of death in her in her family what with her siblings dying so who knows maybe she was killing babies because she didn't have any control over the kids who died in her own household so she was trying to take back control of when babies die she's like if babies are going to die on my watch it's going to be because i made it happen Oh, man, yeah, like, so you think it was, yeah, a way And then it became kind of a compulsion. Yeah, sort of a way to feel stable. Mm -hmm. To feel in control. Yeah, well, I mean. Not to play armchair therapist, but I am. (laughs) I mean, also, it's just, she seemed to be addicted to the game. Yeah. She kept, you know, in spite of getting, you know, People were getting suspicious. She, I think, narrowly escaped being caught several times, and she still came back mm-hmm. to the baby farming business. Mm-hmm. 
and she became more aggressive you know as she got older she'd taken more kids and that's the which thing means she'd kill more kids about being a if you're gonna be a serial killer um a lot of serial killers retire why because when you're when you're a man and you're in your 40s and your 50s it's easy to kill these teenagers but when you're in your 70s it just gets hard your knees hurt your yeah. back hurts but hey if you're an old lady you start killing babies when you're a young lady when you get old it's like matthew mcconaughey said right I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> yeah. It's it's never it, it never becomes difficult to kill babies, I'm assuming, no matter how old you get. Yeah, I mean, you know, she doesn't have to be like, <laughs> you know, like an Avenger to <laughs> to tie like, you know, to choke a baby. Yeah, and she wasn't even using her hands. She was using tools. <laughs> uh, she wasn't even doing the real the real the heavy lifting. Well, it's just wild because, you know, they say like 10,000 hours makes you an expert. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like, I don't know if anyone is has done this better than her. Uh Uh-huh. True. And I hope they never do. Yeah. (laughs) That was that was the story of the baby reaper. That is they call her. Yeah. I mean, you know what? That's the legal system really failing 400 (laughs) plus babies. Jesus. Right. But she is, you know, she, you know, I do. What's interesting is people, if she's the most prolific killer in England, Mm -hmm. how come people don't know about her? I didn't know about her until I, you know, was Googling. Sexism. Yeah. So, you know, people know about Jack the Ripper and Mm -hmm. she might like, so that might be her. She had to change her name to Jack the Ripper to get some (laughs) attention. Like this is like, this is like Hollywood here. She was the JK Rowling of baby murder. (laughs) You know, and so that I think is the true crime. (laughs) Is that she's not even acknowledged. Uh She was more prolific, but Jack, quote unquote, Jack. Yeah. Gets all the credit. If indeed they are the same person, and that just, I mean, that just makes it even more impressive. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, that's just like... She was doing double duty. Yeah. Because he was notorious on his own. True. Without the 400 babies. Uh Uh-huh. So if you had the 400 babies on, that's... That is quite a resume, Amelia. Yeah, wow. Amelia Dyer. Fizza. Yes? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was um this was terrifying. It was terrifying, it was illuminating. It was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> that was Lucky Episode 13. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps a lot. It helps new people find the show. If you want to support with a dollar or two or three or four or five a month or more than that. Check out patreon.com slash kaichoice. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash K-A-I-C-H-O-Y-C-E. Get access to merch discounts, free merch, bonus content, and other good things. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We'll see you next week.